Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Graham. Today, we have the lovely April on the show. April is a nurse and mother of two girls living in a smallish town on the east coast of Australia. Through her process of self-discovery, trust, and reconnection with women and sisterhood, April triumphantly birthed her second daughter in the sanctuary of her home after a cesarean with her first. She shares that by doing the work of bringing to one's consciousness the stories and fears we hold about life and birth. We are able to strip back the layers, learn to love, and take radical responsibility for our choices. Hey, April. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Jaden. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, wherever you'd like to begin. Cool. Well, um, yeah, it's thank you for having me on the show. I was listening to um taking back birth when I was pregnant with my second baby um Azalea who's right here so if I sound a little bit distracted at times that's why she's now seven months old um he was a um she was a home birth over here in Australia with an independent midwife um and she was a so my first was a cesarean so she was a vaginal birth after a cesarean um which was yeah an amazing journey to get um yeah to have her at home hey baba and yeah so man I'm just trying to it's been so uh amazing to reflect over since I've known I was going to come on this podcast Um, Because I've been so in the early mothering experience and journey and it's been, um, yeah, it's been big because I've had a move in there as well and COVID and all all these changes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's been been massive, hasn't it, Azalea? Yeah. Um, But I really feel that this birth experience, like, seven... Oh, I'm sorry. You said seven. you said she's seven months old, correct? Yeah, cool. just seven months. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose this my story really starts all the way back with my first birth, which I won't go into in depth. But um, it was just the you know it was just the normal story of um, yeah, just not knowing the system and getting caught up in the system and yeah, and just not fulfilling not being empowered throughout pregnancy um and then just uh thinking that you know I still wanted a natural birth like most people that go in and then um yeah I just thought that it would happen for me 
had fears come up along the way regarding, but just, I, I knew, I think my body and I, we knew that, uh, and my baby knew that there was a better way, but I wasn't, I just, I wasn't ready, I suppose. And I wasn't exposed to anybody and I didn't do, I didn't do the work to find a different way. And I just cruisily went along and thought it's all right and it'll all be okay. And then, yeah, then I just didn't fulfill the criteria that they wanted and, yeah, ended up with a cesarean, which is such a common story, which I hear all the time. Uh, Yeah, but for me, um, yeah, out of that, it was definitely, um, yeah, I, I really think of my cesarean as my healing, which I know is not quite quoting, but an idea from Birthing from Within, um, the book. Um, yeah, so I've, out of that experience, I really took that, okay, I need to step into my power. I need to find my voice. I need to um, – and it wasn't just how I birthed. It was how I was living, you know. Like I just was letting things happen to me letting power being taken away from me. So, yeah, out of that experience, and I was quite a young mum. I had her at 24. And, um, yeah, so out of that experience, I really just started realising within myself that there's a different way and just kind of coming home to myself and my values that I have had but have been sort of layered upon by life and society. and. Yeah, so that was our that was our journey before you. She's hiccuping. <laughs> uh, yeah, so pretty early on before we can before we conceived this little bubba, I um I knew that I wanted to have a home birth. I had met up with some midwives, um, and just sort of spoken through my birth experience and. Yeah, that was, I just felt like I'd met my people. They were like, yeah. I asked about water birth in, for a VBAC and they're like, you can have a water birth because you're a VBAC. That's just a great a great reason to have a have a water birth, So, which is very different. I'm, I am not too familiar. Obviously, over here might be a bit different to America, but there's many guidelines on VBAC in a hospital. Uh, yeah. So... What was that too? Yeah, so it that I just felt good, and I, I was almost able to. It just I felt that there was options when the time arose when I wanted another bubba, and so I just felt that I could really. Um, I just felt that that was kind of a a point in my healing journey. One of the points, which always continues, but one of the points where I was able to let it go and just trust in the journey which sounds cliched but it just yeah it really felt that that was a turning point for me um so yeah we just cruised on with the mothering of my first bubba and then conceived this one and yeah I knew I just knew I always know with my pregnancies that I'm pregnant <laughs> and uh, yeah from very early on 
and uh, how yeah, so here, or how much time apart between the two um between the two babies i guess um you know i guess from the time that you had your first child to the time that you conceived your second yeah so two and a half years is when she was born uh they can see yeah so obviously just under two years um yeah that was kind of when I was starting to feel a little bit ready for another one and we went I didn't want to try I didn't want to um yeah I was coming up to ovulation I'd only had a, a couple of cycles since I started menstruating again after my first and Mm-hmm. I thought uh, coming into ovulation I thought uh, I thought oh yes this is I really want another baby but and then and I do I obviously I do love you and I want you so much but um yeah I did want to wait a little bit longer but obviously the hormones of ovulation and stuff were getting in my head and it was just all meant to be so that's what happened mm-hmm. um, yeah <laughs> and yeah so that happened very easily this time did last time as well I just had a very early miscarriage which was um yeah obviously my sort of initiation into being a mother and it was yeah it was a hard challenging time uh getting through that um but yeah with this one you stuck around and yeah and right early on got uh just yeah knew that wanted to do things differently and went to a beautiful independent midwife over here I was living in Brisbane I'm in Australia so on the east coast um and over here it's really challenging to find an independent midwife um somebody who yeah doesn't they still have they still have guidelines that are dictated by the government but um, they're a lot more flexible and it's obviously that continuity of care model that is gold standard. Um, but, yeah, over here it's really hard to access them. Um, it, luckily I was in an area that had quite a few. Um, I think there's like 240 in the whole of Australia. Um, 240 yeah. midwives or 240 independent midwives? Independent midwives Total. that work yeah, Okay. The system. Cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was really grateful that that was even an option, as in, um, yeah, going through a midwife. Because at that time, like now, I, I, you know, I love. I'm yeah, wondering whether I'll have like sort of a a, a very supported free birth or something for my next. But at the time, coming from that, like yeah, having such a medicalized birth. Um, and just being on the start of my journey, I really found a lot of power and strength in going, in just knowing that they were registered and yeah, because that's all I knew, you know, I just, that was the where I was at in my journey. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I found this beautiful independent midwife, um, Georgina, and yeah, she, I feel that she was, I just attracted her into my life exactly when I needed her. She's was such a mentor and a teacher and um and even now I just I've um, obviously the relationship has changed um because she's no longer coming and doing visits with me which I am very sore spot I just miss them so much but 
um, yeah, we, I'm able to chat to her at times and, um, yeah, we just have such a beautiful connection. Hey, Baba. So, yeah, we went through the pregnancy and it was just, it was really just about, a, you know, being, a, being my first um, vaginal birth. I had a lot of um, fears and things that I, I tried not, and this is what I did in my first pregnancy as well. Like I just pushed down the fears because of this, you know, what we're taught about positivity, this toxic positivity culture that we live in. Just think about the positives and it'll be all good. So Mm -hmm. I really had to face into, I just really had to pull back the layers of everything I'd learnt. It was really an unlearning. Um, of everything I'd learnt from life and from my last birth. and But it really felt like a coming home. It didn't feel, I mean, it, yeah, there was definitely times where it felt painful, <laughs> that birthing, birthing process and the ideas. But it was, um, it really felt, it felt oh, uplifting and energising and, yeah, creative. It was yeah, like a birthing of this new version of myself, which I'm still integrating into my life now. Like I just don't even know if it's ever a thing that you get somewhere. Like you're always learning and growing. And I suppose that's something that I um have been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah, so within my pregnancy, my midwife come around every now and then. They have a set schedule that they come around. I think it's every six weeks every month and then it goes to two weeks and then weekly at the end um but yeah it really didn't feel like a medical event like it just felt she come over she we chatted we talked about fairy tales and Jungian principles and um and yeah at the very end you know she uh did my blood pressure and had a feel of baby but it was all very on my terms and if I didn't want that then it wouldn't have happened um, and I even remember this one time she forgot her pinard and she used a, a toilet roll to listen to Bobby. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, isn't it? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even just the things like that, like she's, you know, uh, even spoke to my, my partner, Adam, and was like, told him that if you listen on the belly you can hear the heartbeat which was such a beautiful bonding thing for him and for me um that he could Mm -hmm. listen into Bubby just with his own ear in on my belly when Bubby was bigger and um yeah and you know all these things are missed no we didn't have that experience at the first we didn't even know about it it's just so disconnected from Mm -hmm. what is um, so it was really healing for Adam as well, having that um, that connection from early on. Yeah. So in my pregnancy, I just really felt called to be quiet and still, and I was in a very privileged position where I wasn't. I was finishing off some studies, but from about eighteen weeks, I didn't have any work, didn't have anything on other than mothering my then almost two-year-old 
So I, and I, I was able to have days where she was um, being looked after by other people. So I really had a lot of time to reflect and just to be still, which was very new to me because I, yeah, I just, you know, I'd left school and I'd been go, 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 living my life. And so it was, um, and I also held this story about myself that I couldn't. So it was a really powerful um, experience to to rest. And it really set up a blueprint for postpartum, which we'll talk about later. And But also just my life, even to date. Um, yeah, there's been times in this early mothering that I've really used those skills again and just, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed and with everything, I just <laughs> just go to bed and just rest, you know, whether it's spend a day in bed or with the children and, you know, play puzzles on the bed. It's just a it's just been a beautiful blueprint for for um cycling through life. Which has been a beautiful thing to come out of this experience with other things. Yeah, and I it was very hot here as you uh have over there at the moment with the fires. We had a lot of fires and I had her in February. So there was a lot of fires going on. Um, a lot of those days where there was just a lot of smoke around. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was, I do remember there was a bit of time there where it just felt, it felt a bit hard. It felt like, oh, why am I bringing a baby into this world? Um yeah so it was it was summer very hot so I was I was inside a lot um yeah but we had a beautiful we had a pool so it was beautiful to get out into the pool as well yeah so as I get into my actual birth now it feels like there's just so much happening and then um and then the birth hey Bubba Bubby's just having a bit of a feed aren't you um yeah, it feels like there's so much more to the birth story than the, the actual birth. There's just so much happening before and after of learnings and integration of ideas and things. So with the uh, with the birth, I yeah, I went I was um I was just feeling towards the end of my pregnancy, I was just really feeling um I was feeling almost sedated with emo- with hormones. And I was very conscious to enjoy that because I, I did a lot of my um, he, my facing of fears and delving into um, things from my last birth um, earlier on in pregnancy. And then I felt towards the end of my pregnancy, I was really able to just let go and be in the experience of being so fully ripe and pregnant. And I was able to, yeah, really enjoy those last months and coming into um, being ready for birthing. My body really felt renewed, actually. Yeah, so I was just really feeling the, in the, the last stages of pregnancy, the last months, I was really just in it I could really feel 
the sedation effects of the hormones of of pregnancy and I was able to really get out of my head in those last few months and into my body which was such a different experience to how I've lived life and um but it was also a uh, a learning that I could do that because I, I had also had a story about myself that I'd picked up in childhood or just from yeah just from life that I couldn't be in my body I was a very heady person you know that's what my mom always said about me um I was always in my head um but I actually realized that that's just a story that I tell about myself and no I'm very capable of being in my body and that's been something that I learned through pregnancy in birth it was solidified and then that I've been able to integrate back into my life after this experience after this initiation uh yeah so and I I don't know if you've picked up before but yeah I just I felt like I I dealt with a lot of the the fears and you know the um that I had had and a lot of unlearning happened prior to the third trimester um I did a lot of work with just letting whatever emotions rose come up and my midwife was incredible with this because it was a new thing for me because of all that um, toxic positivity that happens in our culture Uh, I was very I I knew that you had to integrate um feelings however I had never been shown that so she was such a great teacher for me in not feeling shame about having all the emotions and it's just part of being a human and it actually adds richness to life and I had realized that I had never really felt feelings I had always tried to cut off from them and not quite look at them and Mm. I was fearful of them so that was a beautiful thing for her to give me she's just such a Oh, she's just such a amazing woman, this midwife, Georgina. She uh, sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, she's <laughs> incredible. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Mm. Yeah, she's such a, I just feel like, as I said in the beginning, I feel like she's been such an amazing teacher and mentor for me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so heading into those last months of pregnancy, yeah, it was really yeah, it was really beautiful. And I remember saying to Adam the night before I started getting some pre-labor, just some early labor um, signs in my body um, that, oh, I just feel renewed. (laughs) And that's not to say that there wasn't times where I felt very big and uncomfortable, but I in general just felt renewed by the whole pregnancy experience. And um, and yeah so it was it was beautiful and I went to sleep on the on the night uh, I went to sleep in the night and um just woke up at around I don't know just early morning probably about two or three with just niggles and um yeah just little cramps in my my abdomen and 
yeah, it was just I knew that things were moving along and but I just felt I just it was like our little secret, you know. I just didn't want to tell anybody. I just laid there and just really connected in with my baby and what my body was doing and just <clears throat> yeah, just thinking just feeling actually, not thinking, just feeling my body and but just just preparing for what was to come. Like I knew I I knew in me that I knew that it was the start of it, even though I didn't I, I also didn't want to get into a space where, you know, I didn't know how long the early uh this could go on. It could go on for quite a while. Um and that was my experience with my first birth. I sort of just wore myself out when the first signs of labour were coming. And um I knew that I didn't want to be in that headspace this time. So I just enjoyed it. And then once, yeah, I just, once the sun come up, I I told Adam that I was, yeah, what was happening. And he just took over, yeah, with my oldest daughter, took her to daycare and and I just drew the curtains and stayed in my room and just really just went I just felt like going within and just um experiencing what was going in my body which is really interesting because uh I yeah I did call my midwife and just just told her what was going on so she could prepare or yeah just know and um she said to me I suppose she was just trying to gauge where I was at she said oh when we were talking about birth previously you said that in early labor you would like to bake a cake or do the the cupboards and <laughs> and I <laughs> so I thought I wanted to have something to distract me from what was happening um <laughs> but no that was the opposite <laughs> like in that moment mm. uh, which was really interesting uh yeah so there was cake baking or laundry doing when I was in nope. a <laughs> no no organizing the cupboards either I'm sure <laughs> no, no none of that it was, yeah it was it was just yeah me and the baby just feeling what was happening and yeah just it was such an innate and primal experience and I thoroughly enjoyed those that early that I thoroughly enjoyed the birth up until transition and obviously that still has its 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 learnings but yeah I like I was really in it and I knew yeah I knew mentally and like um, logically about all the birthing hormones and how best to um for them to work but it also because I was had done the work throughout pregnancy and was listening to my body and listening to my intuition I just it just felt like what needed what needed to happen in those moments mm-hmm. yeah so just kept doing that all day I it eventually got too much where I couldn't um I couldn't lay I didn't feel like I wanted to lay down when the surges were coming uh so I would I got up and I spent a long time just with my uh, my upper chest on the bed and my knees on the ground. We have quite a low bed. 
And uh, yeah, I just spent a lot of time in that position, uh, which is the complete opposite position to what I had my first baby in, uh, which mm. was it was interesting. Um, and yeah, what position were you mainly in with your first birth? Yeah, when we got to the hospital on my back. Yeah, yeah. complete. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, <laughs> and then it's yeah, it's like oh, you had a cesarean. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I do remember thinking that in early labor, I just thought this is how it's done. And even though like I, I was in early labor at home with my first, but I just, I just didn't have the support. I was just unprepared for the intensity of, of it, of the birthing process. And I didn't have any wise women around me. Um, I had an obstetrician, a male obstetrician. I remember thinking in, labor I remember thinking oh like I haven't even met the midwives that are gonna be there like what a thing to to realize in labor um mm-hmm. yeah so anyway that's that is what it is but yeah with um with this one um my midwife it was actually it was our day for our one of our weekly appointments so she did pop her head in and I just remember her sitting there and not saying much and just just being there and she was only there for about half an hour but um yeah just was so it was just beautiful her energy was just amazing to have in the room and um just just again just to yeah I don't know it was just really nice to have her there so then she left she didn't stick around and then yeah just continued on in the bedroom and you know it was uh probably started getting more intense after lunch um I did get in some lunch and it made me fried rice before lunch uh, but yeah before it got very intense so had a nice full tummy and um yeah and then just continued on and I started started feeling like I wanted to moan through the surges and yeah I started really letting go once I knew my big girl was was all right because she was in care but then some cousins come and got her and took her away and she ended up staying away for three nights which was really lovely Uh, for me it was I I hope that she's at my next birth but for me I chose not to have her there and I'm for me that was the right decision um mm-hmm. yeah it's such a head game having a VBAC mm. and it helped me be in the right space um I'm, I'm happy for, I'm happy for you that you that that you were able to to do that and have that support to yeah to have, to have someone get her yeah yeah and even that in itself was a journey like she, it was the first time she'd been away I only weaned her um you know through pregnancy I've got I was had a bit of a nipple aversion happening mm-hmm. throughout pregnancy, and so I did wean her. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really beautiful to trust somebody. And she was absolutely fine. She loved it. They have kids, and she had such a ball. Mm-hmm. But just to to um, open up that dialogue because I did feel in the weeks leading up to the birth, I was like, oh, what if? Um, they can't take her and all these things and 
just to really um, strengthen that relationship and trust that and trust people because I think so often we try to do life on our own and to really come home to trusting the women in your life and um, it was also such actually such a theme throughout my pregnancy and birth with my relationship with my midwife and also starting to go to women's circles and remembering this way of being with other women instead of mm-hmm. competing and stuff that often goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. just becoming aware of those themes. So it was, yeah, something that I got out of that experience was that I can trust the women in my life and I can open that dialogue and talk about my fears of, you know, what if you won't be able to do this and that and for them to be able to be like, no, we're here, we're, we're going to take her at any time. And, yeah, just to feel that love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something that has changed in my life as well. There's just so many things. Yeah. So many things. <laughs> Even just talking about it this I'm tearing up and just remembering and Aww. yeah it's so nice to be reflecting on it again in, yeah. In <laughs> <outward> way. <laughs> yeah well we're so happy to have you here to to reflect upon it and just hold space for you to do that thank you and also just the fact of being on this podcast like I listened to to you guys uh throughout my whole pregnancy and it was such a massive part of finding my power and just yeah it's my happy place listening to listening to taking back birth <laughs> mm. yeah so back onto my birth story um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all the side tangents life though isn't it mm-hmm. so many i love them <laughs> um, yeah yeah so once she was safe and happy um with the cousins I I was able to really fully go into it and start that yeah the the journey into the underworld and yeah just started to feel like moaning through the surges and yeah so I did that for who knows how long like time is so strange when you're birthing and then at some point I thought that I really wanted my midwife there so she'd come along and she just yeah she was just there I remember her coming into the bedroom and oh, and so while all this was happening the day Adam was such a gem and just uh feeding me watering me getting the tub ready the birth pool ready setting up the birth space and, yeah, just so in it and so supportive. Mm, Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, once my midwife comes, she come in the door and I just remember I was, like, naked. And I I remember thinking before having this birth, like not even with my first because it was a very different birth, I remember thinking, oh, why the, you know, like, why will I feel like getting my clothes off will it be a point I just remember thinking will it be a point where I just think I need my clothes off or 
like will I just think logically that I need my clothes off because my baby's coming but I just Mm. felt like I just if I'm early on in labor I just didn't want clothes on like it was just too restricting and it felt right to just be naked and raw and primal and wild and so yeah she come in and I was um yeah like fully naked and my legs were shaking you know throughout a surge and yeah I just remember her kneeling down beside me and just saying oh love your body is working so hard and it just and I just I always say that when I'm saying my best story because it was just so comforting and just She's just was so there with me. And, and yeah, once she did that, she, I didn't really, she just did her thing. She was setting up all her herbs and homeopathic remedies and things. Uh, so she was around. And not long after that, I did venture out of the room and to the tub and got in the birth pool, which well, was just so amazing. It was just gave me a new strength, um, just change it up a bit. And, you know, I got in the pool and the water just was, I just felt like I was floating in it and I was still working very hard, but it just got me in my body even more, I think. And it also gave me this almost cave-like feeling because it had very high sides and just felt very held and nurtured in that space. And I think I just sat in, I, I believe I was sitting in a cross-legged position for a long time in there. I just sat there and just, I was really focusing on like releasing my jaw and just relaxing my neck and face. That was something I'd thought a lot about in like, in my pregnancy. Um, yeah, I just, focused on that and there's some beautiful photos just that Adam has taken of me doing that and I just look yeah I look very relaxed and it's really beautiful to have that reminder mm-hmm. and then it started getting more intense uh coming on into the night it started to get dark and definitely started to pick up in intensity with that and I started getting searing pains in my hips from my hips opening to let my baby through and yeah and then it started getting into that transition phase so I started getting out of my body and into my head a lot and but that was all part of the process like now that I can reflect back on it it was that um that getting through that hard, really hard place and coming up against all these obstacles that I had worked on in pregnancy but needed this final frontier, I suppose, to integrate them into my psyche. Like within in transition, all the fears come up like from my last birth and um had to face them but I had put in place the things that I needed last time like I needed a wise woman around me to be to witness what was happening to me and not pathologize it mm-hmm. uh, just to witness it and yeah just to witness what was happening to me 
in all my messiness and in losing control and, yeah, and just, like, screaming. But then it was this, you know, I, I let it all, it was about, I, like, I expressed all that I needed to express. Because that was a fear I held that I wouldn't be able to express what I needed to express in labour and it would stop things. Mm-hmm. That was something I'd thought a lot about. So, it, yeah, I was able to express it all, get it out, and then... And then really move through into the next stage of the process. And, yeah, so I did that. We got out of the pool at that stage and walked down the hall into a little bedroom and tried to do a little bit of a hip release, but I wasn't having a bar of it. (laughs) And then... Yeah, I'm just trying to think. It was such a hazy part. <laughs> it was such a, I was so in it. Yeah. And then it's come out and back into the pool. Um, Back into the pool. And then it really switched. It really changed gears from there. It really went into the, the pushing. Yeah, it's just started pushing this baby out. And just, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't have to think about that. I just got yeah my, my I even remember saying I'm too in my head. <laughs> but then yeah. <laughs> and then once I got back into the pool and my midwife actually encouraged me to feel up in and see if I could feel my baby's head and I tried that and I thought I definitely could but I didn't actually know what my baby's head would feel like and I expected it to feel very hard and like a skull um so I didn't realize what I was feeling and I thought no I can't feel it and then a couple of surges later she encouraged me to feel again and and I pinched a little bit and I could feel her hair and um and that's when I knew I was like oh the baby's there she's coming down and and it felt so her head felt so rubbery and slimy and uh, yeah, it's nothing like what I had envisioned because I'd done a lot of thinking about what it would feel like and be like to push a baby through. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just felt I gave her head a little pinch and felt her hair and even now when I touch her hair, it just brings back those memories and feelings. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, my body just started just pushing this child out and there was no stopping it or changing it or it was just doing what it was doing and it was such an almighty power that was coming through me and but I I did enjoy that stage I really went back to like this is wow this is powerful and I had Adam around the I was in the pool again I was on my knees with my hands on the edge of the bath and I had Adam there and Georgina and they were just, yeah, they were just there. They weren't, I was just there and I was holding onto Georgina's hand really tight. I remember that. And then, um, and then actually the set, cause over here you have two midwives. So the second midwife popped up and I remember her head popping up above the side of the pool there. And 
it was just so beautiful to see her as well because she's amazing. And uh, I remember just saying to her very weak, uh, very softly, hello. And yeah, just her being there was amazing as well. I just felt like, wow, this is happening. And yeah, so I just kept pushing this bubby and it didn't take too long for her to come down. And then, yeah, I was starting to feel her head come through and um, and I, I said to Adam in between surges, I was like, do you want to have a feel? And he had a little feel of the bubby, bubby's head right there. And then just all of a sudden she just come out really quickly. And I do remember thinking that, you know, I've, I thought a lot about before birthing, I felt I, I thought a lot about, you know, breathing her out and just being slower in that time. But at that moment, I just wanted this baby out and I just was like pushing her out. <laughs> I was coming out and she just flew out. And um, yeah, and I just sat back and sort of pulled her up through my front and yeah, just pulled her straight out of the water. And she was just so slimy and moving around and I remember thinking she had such long arms she looked like this little frog and (laughs) yeah and I just was just overwhelmed with emotion I just was just overjoyed and just so (laughs) relieved that it was all over as well (laughs) and just that this experience had happened and I was just I think I was just repeating I did it I did it and um I was very victorious and then yeah I sat on the side on the side of the pool there's a little step in there and just held her and I was still I was pretty uncomfortable though because when she come out I did tear a little bit in my labia Mm -hmm. So it was very stingy and the cord was coming up through that tear, I knew after. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of wasn't too comfortable in the in the pool. So I did get out after, I don't know how long, but I did stay in there for a bit with her and just held her and, yeah, just mm-hmm. soaked in those first moments with this new, new little being. And we didn't know she was a girl, so saw that she, we had another girl, which I was delighted about. Yeah, so that's what happened. And then, mm. yeah, and then got out and my midwives wrapped me up on the couch in this little nest, they called it, and just, just uh, she had her first breastfeed there, just latched straight on, just like mm. her sister. And, yeah, just sort of waited for the placenta to come. Um, it didn't. Yeah, and it, then it just come a bit later when I stood up. Actually, we went to I went and sat on the toilet for a bit, and then because I just could not bring myself to like actively push this placenta out, even though it was sitting right there. And uh, yeah, but once I sort of stood up off the toilet, it it come out, and yeah, and that was such a relief just to be, yeah, just to have that out as well and have Bubby attached to the placenta in that beautiful continuum, which you don't often see uh, mm-hmm. if you're not, you know, part of this awareness. And, yeah, so that was amazing to see her attached to her placenta and something that was a really massive thing for me to see my placenta because with my first birth I didn't actually see my placenta at all. 
So I knew that that was something I wanted to really take in. So then mm-hmm. actually once, yeah, once she was out, I did have a quick shower and then I remember that was glorious. That shower was one of the best in my life. And then yeah. hopped, into bed, hopped into bed and they tucked us up again, Adam and and my new baby and me and they, my midwife rubbed magnesium into my feet and some oil into my tummy and made me some toast and we had a cup of tea and I just felt that very, you know, adrenaline rush after you have the bu- the baby and I felt very alert and awake and like chatty and was just, yeah, just talking about this experience and yeah, and I remember, I just remember something that my second midwife said to me. She said, "Oh, this is great. Well, you'll be process, you'll be like processing this birth for a long time." And and it's so true. You just, I'm constantly getting different insights from my birth. Different, um, yeah. It's it really is amazing how it's such an initiation, uh, mm. such a massive experience, and it can, it, like it really all starts with birth and I see that so clearly. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that so clearly now. But I remember what it's like to not see that as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's such a change in consciousness though. And, yeah, so, yeah, I just had that first night at home and, yeah. That's it, just slept after the initial adrenaline and all that wore off, just slept for the night. I had her at 11 in the night. Um, yeah, so had a had a good sleep and then woke up in the morning and had this new baby and then, yeah, that's a whole, whole another journey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious, how how was that? First, when your when your eldest daughter did come home, what was that uh that meeting like of her new little sister? Mm, yeah, it was so. She come home, but I think it was day three, day three, and um, yeah, she was so excited. She really was so excited mm. to come in, and she come into the room and. She just had this look on her face, you know, that little cheeky smile that they do. And, mm-hmm. yeah, she'd come over and was just so quiet and just come over and was just looking at her sister and, oh, it was so beautiful. And, yeah, she was just just there with her and touching her and just very curious about what had happened very curious but then after that initial thing you know she kind of it's it is true for us what they say like once you know now that Azalea is a bit more awake and interactive it's gotten more challenging than those early days Aurora almost just went on oblivious to what had happened and also because Mm -hmm. I spent the 30 days I had a very like conscious rest period after having azalea Mm. and um so I really it really set me up because I had I had the emotional space for aurora 
and I was able, even though I wasn't physically present like out in the house I was able she could come into the bedroom and I was had enough mental energy to be with her and be with her in emotions that she had and just to spend some time with her you know doing a puzzle or something like this and Mm -hmm. for me I really noticed that once I did start getting up um that it was a lot harder for me to be present mentally with her because I was exhausted in other ways so it was Mm -hmm. about sort of integrating yeah like when that happened I realized that I needed you know I really needed to still take it easy because postpartum just doesn't Mm -hmm. finish weeks right so yeah yeah. (laughs) so even now I do that I find that I'm just have no mental energy or stuff it's been such a blueprint to just come back to bed and to rest and to give them that support so that I can Mm -hmm. give myself that support and also them yeah Mm. yeah Mm. April thank you so much this is what a what a beautiful story thank you so much for for coming here and again reflecting and sharing this has been such a such a pleasure such a joy um and is there anything else any bits of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with oh there's just something that just popped into my head and I don't even know where this is going to go, but I just sort of like just the just like the wild, just embrace the wild nature of being a woman and birth and this process. Like it's so it can't be put into boxes. It can't be all those things. It just is wild. And if you can really embrace that, and find the beauty in that, then it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. It's okay. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Jaden. Thank you. Uh, of, of course, of course. It was so, so beautiful connecting. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.